How Fair the Vine by the Bright City. Chapter 4. Stay the Course. Summary. Home is where our story begins. Ginny Weasley isn't in the Great Hall. Hermione feels a bit out of place, just like she had when she'd been a first year trying to figure out who to sit with during the early weeks of the term. Eight o'clock is a bit early for Ginny, who has never relished a big breakfast anyway before starting class at nine, but Hermione had hoped that she would have heard about their return and made an exception to see them first thing. In all fairness, Harry and Ron aren't in the Great Hall either, and probably won't be for at least another hour, by which time Hermione will be on her way to spend most of the day with Professor Babbling and Noel Harwich. It doesn't feel quite right to sit at the long table with the other Gryffindors, most of whom she never really knew outside of giving and taking points as their prefect two years ago. She's not quite a student anymore, is she? Hermione scans the room for other options. Surely there's another space for members of the Order. Noel had mentioned that they weren't the only ones staying, at least periodically, at Hogwarts. And there it is, a small table in the back of the hall. Hermione spots Neville's and takes a confident first step in his direction, but she falters when she sees the blonde-haired, broad-shouldered person he's talking to in a low voice must be Draco Malfoy. Her approach turns wary. This too feels different and unfamiliar, even though she'd been warned that they'd developed a friendship. But forewarned is not forearmed, and Hermione suddenly panics that she'll have to choose which side of the table to sit on. Neville, she says with a small wave. His face lights up when he sees her, and he springs from the table. Hermione! He pulls her into his chest, wrapping his arms around her for a warm hug. Merlin, it's good to see you. Draco said you and Harry and Ron were back last night, but I expected you'd be sleeping in if you got here so late. I'm meeting with Professor Babbling early. Well, I suppose nine o'clock isn't early, but I wanted to see you and Ginny before I went to her office. Professor Babbling? Neville looks confused. Working on your NEWTs again so soon? Well, so much for keeping secrets, Professor McGonagall hadn't told Neville. Not any WTs, necessarily. She looks over Neville's shoulder at Malfoy, who has craned his neck around to stare at her. He gives her a hard, icy gaze and a small jerk of his head. No. Just helping her with some research, Hermione trails off. Research apprenticeships can be very beneficial experience if you do get around to taking your NEWTs, Malfoy draws. If? Don't be absurd. You mean when? Of course I'll be taking my NEWTs, just as soon as I don't have any other pressing matters on my mind. Like, a war? She brushes past Neville to sit down next to him, across from Malfoy. She doesn't have to look at him just because she's facing him. I'm sure, he replies. She looks at him, and he raises his eyebrows as he takes a polite sip of tea. Arse. Ginny will be excited to see you through back. She's still taking some classes, of course, but she's spending most of her time with the Order, so we see her a good bit. Who else is staying here? asks Hermione, turning to refocus on Neville. Right now? We're pretty thin on the ground. The two of us, of course. He nods at Malfoy, who's picking at a soft-boiled egg. Dean and Cho Chang and Hannah Rabbit. And you may remember Noel Harwich, yeah? Alicia Spinnett is here pretty often. She's living in Hogsmeade with the Weasley twins and Angelina Johnson. I thought Luna was here too. Oh, well, another secret. She's in and out, he finishes lamely. Professor McGonagall has her on some project that's involved a good deal of travel. Hopefully she'll be back soon, she replies, pouring herself a cup of coffee. Travelling can be a bit lonely. Even with Potter and Weasley, Malfoy's grey eyes flash at her. I'm not... 
That's not what I meant, Hermione's cheeks reddened with frustration. Only that it can be difficult to be so isolated, even if you're isolated with friends. Malfoy smiles down into his steaming cup. I'm sure. Scone, Hermione? Offers Neville. Yes, thank you, she replies, snatching the pastry from him with more force than is strictly necessary. Neville spends the rest of breakfast peppering Hermione with tales of the last year at Hogwarts. Malfoy has the decency to minimise his snide commentary. He even, unprompted, passes her the cream as she pours a second cup of coffee. The bell chimes, and it's a quarter to nine. Hermione looks around the Great Hall with disappointment. There's still no sign of Ginny, so she downs the last of her cup and pulls up her bag. I suppose I'll see you later. I'd better be off to meet Professor Babbling. Neville wishes her a wonderful first day back at Hogwarts, and Malfoy slightly lifts his tea in acknowledgement. Just as Hermione turns the corner outside the Great Hall, she sees Ginny Weasley rushing toward her. Ginny! She throws her arms around her friend, delighted. Godric, I've missed you! Ginny squeezes her tightly. Can you stay for breakfast? I know I'm late. I'm gonna be late for Professor Bin's class, but can't you stay? No, I wish I could, she cries. I'm supposed to meet with Professor Babbling in ten minutes. What about dinner? Can you sit with us then? I wouldn't miss it for the world. Hermione's eyes widen as she takes in Professor Babbling's office. Books are stacked near to the ceiling, and there are boxes of untitled, mildewed journals that she can smell from the doorway. She crinkles her nose. Professor Babbling? She emerges from behind a pile of tomes, her hair mussed underneath a crooked hat. Miss Granger, I was wondering when you'd arrive. Hermione frowns. I thought I was a few minutes early. Did I mishear the time? Nine o'clock, right? Oh. Professor Babbling checks the clock above the door. Right you are. I didn't realise the hour. Now, you didn't bring any breakfast with you, did you? No, I... Very good. Excellent. Bad for the books. Yes, of course. Sit, sit. Professor Babbling waves her into a spindly wooden chair across from her. Now, I'm expecting Mr. Harwich will turn up early as well for his shift, so you and I have a lot to cover in the next 20 minutes. Hermione already has a quill and several inches of parchment at the ready. Go on, Professor. All I'm expecting out of your research here is to determine the potential location of the Book of Runes in question. I've been sorting through all of the texts I have on hand, most from our own library, but some from my personal collection and those of friends. I pull out anything that I suspect may have references to the book, whether that be the content of the book or any claim to have seen or even possessed the book. If you can find any reference to the author of the book, that would be very helpful as well. The author? Do we not have their identity? Nothing outside of the runic alphabet that they used to write the book. Uralic or Slavic, correct? Professor Babbling nods. Hermione crosses her legs and taps her quill on the parchment. Professor, how does knowing the author help us find the book? Do you expect it could be in a family vault? She isn't enthused about the idea of breaking into Gringotts again. No, not necessarily with the family, unless they're still located in the region. Babbling leans forward, and Hermione can't help but do the same. You see... Books have a way of getting themselves back home, she begins in a lower voice. They don't like to be taken too far away from where they were born, or written, that is. They're like some people in that sense. Home is always calling. I suspect that sense will be particularly strong where the language and heritage is rare and forgotten. How will we be able to interpret the runes if they're so rare? Hermione breathes. Professor Babbling stares at her closely. The interpretation of the runes will be tricky. Some of the book may be better left unknown, 
lost to history and changing language, but we must start with the location before we spend precious time worrying about the translation. So you have an idea of what it contains, of what Voldemort is trying to find. Hermione frowns. Secrets. Miss Granger. Hermione. I need you to understand that anything we discover concerning the contents of the manuscript must remain between the two of us. At this time, I am even hesitant to share what I know. That will obviously change as our circumstances shift, but for now, you must trust my discretion. But Noel's working with me to review the other texts. Even he doesn't know. No, Mr Harwich does not know the contents of the book and my intention is for it to stay that way. I trust him, of course, I wouldn't have requested his assistance otherwise, but it is critical that we keep our circle as small as possible. He can help us track down the book, but as far as the information we hope to find, that stays between us. And if we find the book, straight to Professor McGonagall, of course. Of course. Noharwich arrives at Professor Babbling's office seven minutes early, and, of course, Hermione misses dinner with Ginny. She and Noel work with Professor Babbling until around four o'clock, when the professor shoes them from her office to the library. None of their resources are allowed out of Professor Babbling's office, so they're left with their stack of notes from the day. Hermione's hand is cramped from recording names and dates and places and theories, but she can't put down her quill. Dinner time comes, so she charms a folded crane to fly to Ginny and apologise for missing the meal. Noel leaves at some point and returns with a few ham sandwiches stuffed into his pockets. Sustenance? He offers. Dinner ended two hours ago, so they're not exactly fresh, but it's something. Sounds lovely. Hermione takes a sandwich and stretches up from her papers, cracking her back. Anything good in those notes? I feel like there's such a mass of information to get through, she sighs. I know there's some urgency to this, but it could take ages to get through all the books Babbling has in her office. Oh, we should have seen it at the start. Noel sits down across from her, folding his hands behind his head and leaning back into his chair. It was probably twice as much. I could hardly walk into her room. But she reviewed my notes every week, and each Monday, the stacks are whittled down a little more. So she knows more than we do. She's got the big picture, and she's using our notes for the process of elimination. Noel nods. Hermione twirls her quills, staring down at the page. We could move faster if she would just tell us everything. The past few months have been a balancing act between speed and secrecy. Is that how long you've been back at Hogwarts? Hermione doesn't remember seeing Noel at the Battle of Hogwarts, but she also hadn't been looking for him. A bit longer than that, he shrugs. I went to America after I graduated to assistant teach with a professor at Ilvermorny. But then, after the battle here, it just didn't seem right to be so far away. What did you teach at Ilvermorny? A seminar on runology and the arts in early Iceland. You must have done really well in your NEWTs. You won't be bothered if I ask to see your revision notes, will you? I'm at your service, Miss Granger, he grins. Hermione ducks her head at the parchment in front of her to hide her blush. I feel like I'll be very well prepared after this project, at least, she reasons. Malfoy hadn't been wrong when he'd said as much at breakfast. Noel lets out a heavy huff of air. Merlin, these symbols are making my eyes cross. How are you still holding up? I'm fine at the moment, but I should probably pause soon so I don't stay here the whole night. I can get a bit caught up. Hermione shrugs. I've noticed. Noel laughs. I wish I could do that, really immerse myself in my work. I was such a disappointment to Slughorn my seventh year. 
He had these big hopes in my abilities, but I could never concentrate on the brewing for long enough to get the potions right. I don't think I have the patience for it. Yes, you were around the slug club, right? I believe we crossed paths a few times. Around the slug club? Hermione, my whole identity was the slug club. He leans forward, eyes dancing with laughter. I was obsessed with Slughorn. You know that Justin Steele and I guarded his compartment on the train, right? Merlin, we were so puffed up. Justin was livid when I got the invite to Slug Club and he didn't. And it all turned out to be for nothing. I'm sure you learned a lot from Slughorn, even if you didn't turn out to be a potions master. Maybe. No. I was a right prick about it to Justin, though. He laughs, ruffling his fingers through his hair. It reminds Hermione of how Harry tossles his own when he's a bit embarrassed. Did he take it that badly? That badly. And then I really rubbed his nose in it. We'd always been competitive, but I think I took it too far. I was jealous of a lot of his life, and I finally had something he didn't. Something he'd really wanted. So you two just haven't spoken since then? Noel fiddles with the raw edge of his sleeve, pulling at a piece of loose yarn with a wry smile. No, and maybe I could write to him, but I'm a bit embarrassed still. I let myself be collected and then tossed out, and I lost a friendship over it. He gives Hermione a brave shrug. So no, the prestige of Slug Club wasn't worth it. I've been caught in the same dilemma, I'm afraid. Hermione sighs. I think it can be difficult for me sometimes to see the person behind the... Well, whatever it is they're doing that I disagree with. Sometimes books are easier than people. Sometimes. Easier to read, at least. He laughs. Anyway, 30 more minutes and I'll be ready. Hermione doesn't look up from her notes until an hour has passed, and Noel is still slumped over an old copy of The Daily Prophet, softly snoring. She reaches across the table to brush the soft wool off his sweater. Noel? She whispers. Hm? He lifts his head slightly. It's time for bed. Hermione slips into her room. There's a lump in her bed, and a tuft of red hair pokes up from under the covers. Ron! She's horrified. Ginny sits straight up. Ron? Really? You slag! Merlin, Ginny, you nearly gave me a heart attack. Why are you coming back so late? It's 10.30, it's not late. Hermione retorts, pressing her hand to her chest. Her heart still feels like it's trying to pound its way out. It's not late if you're at a party, it's late if you're at the library. I was trying to get through some research for babbling. Hermione slips into her pyjamas... Rose-coloured satin shorts and a matching top with thick wool socks and places her folded clothes back into her wardrobe. Getting ahead on your NEWTs? Yes, of course. Bollocks. Ginny rolls over onto her stomach and glares at Hermione. Yes, it is, sighs Hermione, sliding under the covers next to her. I hate the not knowing, Ginny replies glumly. I'm sorry, Gin, I really am. It's easier that, that I'm doing order stuff now too. It doesn't feel so much like you and Harry and Ron are in a secret club without me. We were in the DA together. That was a secret club. It's different with the order. I'm learning a lot still, of course, but I'm actually doing too. No more sitting in class and changing cats into kettles when I really wanted to be out making a real difference. <laughs> what a brave speech from a Gryffindor. Hermione giggles. Ginny wrinkles her nose and shoves a pillow at Hermione. How does it feel to be back at Hogwarts? It's nice to be around more people than just Harry and Ron, and the food is much better. And the library? 
also much better. Neville's decided he wants to have a little party to celebrate us being together again. Neville throwing a party? What's gotten into him? Oh, hardly a rager, Prefect Granger, Ginny scoffs. He's just trying to find an excuse to spend more time with Hannah Rabbit outside of a war room. I think that sounds lovely, honestly. Didn't have many parties in France. Ginny Weasley, I know you weren't supposed to know where we were. Ginny grins and dodges Hermione's pinch. Harry and I have a way with words. You're lucky I'm a very good secret keeper. I'm the luckiest, I know. Speaking of secrets, Hermione begins in a more serious tone. Noel Harwich said something funny to me the other night. Funny how? He said that he thinks there's someone in the castle who can't be trusted. That the Death Eaters sometimes outwit us in ways that don't make sense unless someone is letting plans slip. Ginny is silent for a moment, then reaches over to grab Hermione's hand. You're with friends again, Hermione. I don't think it does much good to spend time imagining enemies around every corner of Hogwarts. Harwich just has an overactive imagination. Hermione wrenches her hand back to her chest. Sorry I'm a little on edge about staying alive after the last eight years. But you are alive. Harry is still alive. Someone here may be working against us, but it's not someone close enough to take a big shot. Ginny responds fiercely. She reminds Hermione of Molly Weasley in that moment. Yes, it's clear that sometimes they get a leg up on us when we don't expect it, but it could just as well be an owl that doesn't fly quite straight or a flu that's not as secure as we think. It makes me hate being back at Hogwarts. I hate it. I hate feeling that this place isn't safe. Like, I'll never get to stop looking over my shoulder. Hermione rolls onto her back, feeling herself sink into the downy mattress. Ginny squeezes her arm. It's not fair, I know. I'm sorry that I'm not more cheerful. I'm glad to see you and to be in a real bed and go to a library again. I just thought it would be like it used to be and it's not. You're not a student anymore. No, I suppose not. You'll be 20 in a few months. An old hag, <laughs> laughs Hermione. A beautiful old hag, says Ginny, affectionately tapping Hermione's nose with a finger. You're very kind. I do have another question for you. What is it? Were you really expecting Ron to be waiting for you in bed? No, Hermione groans. I would love to hear more. I'll need at least two cups of gin to start on that. I can't wait. House of Fair the Vine by The Bright City, read by Fanfic Audio.